I've been looking for you, big brother. Will you please write a letter to Santa Claus for me? Well, I don't have much time. I'm supposed to get down to the school auditorium and direct a Christmas play. You write it and I'll tell you what I want to say. Okay, shoot. Dear Santa Claus, how have you been? Did you have a nice summer? How is your wife? I have been extra good this year. So I have a long list of presents that I want. Oh, brother. Please note the size and color of each item and send as many as possible. If it seems too complicated, make it easy on yourself. Just send money. How about tens and twenties? Tens and twenties? Oh, even my baby sister. All I want is what I have coming to me. All I want is my fair share. Yeah, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. Hi, everybody. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that clip from a Charlie Brown Christmas. You know, hey, all I want are, is what I have coming. Send tens and twenties. Imagine, imagine this was like 50, 60 years ago when that cartoon came out. So today, be send just send uh, hundreds and thousands. Of course, the ATMs, the ATMs give out fifties. Remember when we used to drive through uh, Jack in the Box and and they'd say we don't take anything bigger than a twenty. Nowadays, you can't even get through the drive through a Jack in the Box for less than twenty. <clears throat> It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, and I, sometimes I sometimes I think I'm a little bit uh, uh, detached from the price of things. I don't really check the price of things, but I do notice. I do notice. Don and I drove through a, a little uh, burger place in Montana called Best Burger the other day. We got two chicken sandwiches and two burgers and a order of fries, and it was like thirty bucks. And uh, not we're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. Not the same. And uh, we're going to talk a lot about uh, a lot about, uh, you know, Biden, Joe Biden thinks he's Santa Claus and he's bringing us all this prosperity. But I don't think anybody notices it. That song was Santa Claus is coming to town from the boss, Bruce Springsteen. The only Bruce Springsteen song I'm allowed to play because apparently his uh, company who manages his uh, portfolio, uh, we can't use on we can't use on uh, on the radio without uh, paying for it. And uh, but hey, there you go. It's Christmas time. I'll be using Christmas clips and Christmas songs the rest of the month as I finish my 17th year on the radio. And, uh, you know, hey, it's my world and welcome to it. Uh, oh, wait, that's Jesse. That's Jesse Waters. It's Waters World. And I'm I don't know. Anyway, so it's uh, it's Hoffman Land. So anyway, so let's uh, I'm going to talk about what's going on in this country. The uh, delusion, the delusion of politicians and the delusion of probably half of America because they listen to this this uh delusional stuff that they say and they just buy it at face at face value 
But before I do, let me introduce myself. For those who don't know me, my name is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate as financing uh, interest rates are coming down, if you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. You know, if you're interested in in checking out uh, whether you need to uh, refinance some properties that you own, whether it's uh, rearrange some of your debt, whether it's picking up a piece of property you'd like to own, and whether that's in California or another state, and uh, or if you're over 62 and you'd like to bridge the gap between how many years you have left and how much money you have left and use your equity in your house to do that, 855-640-2020. If you don't, if you want to talk about those kind of things and you don't want to, but you don't want to talk on the phone, you want, but you just want to get some information, uh, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Uh, click on the United American Mortgage logo, and that'll take you to my lending page. And you can uh, put in all your information that you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. And uh, you'll hear back from myself or one of my talented teammates. We'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. And uh, if you are uh, if you missed part of the show any week or you want to repeat it, if I said something that good, you want to share it, stay on uh, edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page. You can find their uh, link to this show and all several past shows. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, where you can subscribe for free and have it download to your uh, your computer, your phone, or your iPad, your iPod, your mini pad, your maxi pad, or uh, whatever the whatever the equivalent the equivalent uh, product is called in the Samsung uh, Galaxy kind of a uh, kind of a uh, world. Uh, and it'll download to your device. I record on Friday mornings. It uploads Friday afternoon, and uh, it'll download to your device shortly thereafter, and you can listen to it on demand. And uh, you know, you can it's you get it a day before it goes on the radio. So uh, if you have comments on the show, send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net. All right, so let's press on here. The White House continues to push the narrative that Joe Biden's economic policies, i.e. Bidenomics are good for Americans, and and uh, now they want you to know that you're too stupid to realize it. You know, you you can't quite pay your bills, but hey, Bidenomics are working. Yeah, but I don't. I, how come I don't feel like I'm I'm doing well? Well, that's because you're stupid. Apparently, uh, we've been told this a few times this week, and it started on Monday with a White House fact sheet that announced everything that the president is doing to keep supply chains from falling again, like they did two years ago, spectacularly. If you may recall, uh, of course, why didn't they do something two years ago? Supply chain fell apart in Biden's first year. Why is he waiting for his last year to start planning to do something about it? And I don't know. Seems like uh, seems like uh, you know closing the closing the barn door after the horse already gets out. Um, from the fact sheet, as part of Bidenomics' agenda to lower costs for American families, President Biden is announcing near nearly 30 new actions to strengthen the supply chains critical to America's economic and national security. President Biden will announce these actions alongside his incompetent but very diverse members of his cabinet and other senior administration officials at the inaugural meeting of the new White House Council on Supply Chain Resilience. Ooh, then the crowd goes crazy. 
So what exactly is a Council on Supply Chain Resilience going to do? Well, the fact sheet doesn't say. And I went through the whole fact sheet. It lays out a bunch of a bunch of uh, bullet points. None of them really make clear what they're doing. Uh, none of them sound like anything new. Um, they're laying out. They lay out little projects for all these different departments. That I would say, I thought that's what those departments did. You know, when they created it, when they created a transportation department, what was it for? Just so somebody could be announced as a secretary of transportation and he could hire all his family and friends and we could spend a bunch of tax dollars or were they really supposed to do something? So it proceeds to list the 18 cabinet members who will sit on this council. Don't worry, we won't list them all. But we can point out a few in addition to the department secretaries that you would uh, expect like secretary of agriculture, secretary of commerce and secretary of transportation. This council will include everyone from attorney general Merrick Garland to Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. What do these two have to do with supply chains? And, ex and how exactly does this council plan to support the enduring resilience of the supply chains? <clears throat> it's pretty interesting. Hey, but it's a lot of words. They put out this post on, uh, to, the, to, the, uh, to the news people so they would write up on it and act like Biden's really doing something. The fact sheet doesn't say that either. Shocking, I know. But it does list the 30 actions Biden is taking, and there are several head-scratchers there, such as establishing a new resilience center and a uh, tabletop exercises for supply chain disruptions. It fails to explain what exactly what this resilience center will do and what quote-unquote tabletop exercises are, but it says uh, exercises will test the resilience of critical cross-border supply chains. Uh, maybe tabletop exercises, they're going to get the whole cabinet together and play Monopoly. Or maybe better yet, the game of life. Or maybe better yet, Cash Flow 101 from Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad uh, thing. Of course, that will teach them to, to how to understand money and, uh, and how investments work, which would probably be good for everybody in the cabinet. But uh, I don't know what it's going to do for supply chains. I don't know, you, I don't know about you. But I'd sure like to know what the what what that means. Hopefully, it means uh, doesn't mean orchestrating a train crash and creating another uh, East Palestine, Ohio disaster. Another one of the thirty actions: AI hackathons to strengthen their critical mineral supply chains. Ooh, AI hackathon! This president is so forward-thinking. See, he's not suffering from cognitive decline at all. No, and of course, one of these thirty actions is monitoring of climate impacts. Of course, I have to throw in that climate stuff so uh, some more members of Congress and uh, Biden's family can get some kickbacks as we they allocate money from our tax fund to these uh, companies who will uh, take it, kick back money to their family members, and file bankruptcy a year later. We've seen it at least 10 times. Uh, in, the meet, in the speech to announce the creation of this Council on Supply Chain Resilience, Biden informed Americans how affordable their Thanksgiving dinner was. Really? He also gave a firm presidential scolding to any companies that didn't lower their prices in the face of all this economic prosperity. Well, this past week, as Americans gathered around their own kitchen tables for Thanksgiving dinner, that was our goal, <clears throat> to give them a little more breathing room. From turkey to air travel to tank of gas, costs went down. They went down. 
Now, if people making a lot of money, that doesn't matter a whole lot because the costs are relatively small compared to wealthy incomes. In fact, as a share of earnings this Thanksgiving, dinner was the fourth cheapest ever on record. Let me be clear. To any corporation that's not brought their prices back down, even as inflation has come down, even as supply chains have been rebuilt, it's time to stop the price gouging and give the American consumer a break. Yes, this Thanksgiving was the fourth cheapest in history on record. How could he even know that? I mean, really? So Biden says Thanksgiving dinner was only cheaper three other times on record. Well, the Heritage Foundation did their own fact check uh, on that, and they reported that turkey prices are up 29% from uh, three years ago when Biden took office. So, you know, remember when we were still America? And we, we, we transitioned into Biden land. So turkeys have gone up 29%. Potatoes up 13%. Stuffing up 35%. Rolls, cranberry sauce, and gravy up 26%. Corn remains high up 20% as it's been throughout much of Biden's presidency. And everyone's favorite holiday dessert, pumpkin pie, is up more than 27%. Um, we picked up a pumpkin pie before we went over to... Uh, where we uh, had Thanksgiving and, uh, you know, it was a kind of a, hey, everybody bring something. And we picked up a pumpkin pie from Costco, which is always a always a winner at our house. And uh, I didn't notice what it cost. Maybe that makes me out of touch. But I do know I do notice what it costs when I drive through that when I drive through the drive through, as I told you. So you already spent more on those items for Thanksgiving and you'll spend more on them again this month if you if you buy them for Christmas. Biden also updated his plan to end junk fees. His nickname for hidden junk fees from ticketing companies, hotels, car rental agencies. You know, we don't we don't care if you pay more for gas and you pay more in taxes and uh, you pay more through drive-throughs and you pay more to uh, for rent and you pay more uh, on your uh, on your home loans. As long as you don't have to uh, you know, pay extra extra amount to go see Taylor Swift, you know, then uh, that's that's what's really important. Of course, if you don't go to rock concerts and you uh, and you don't stay in hotels or rent cars, then none of this stuff is is effect is anything to you. Biden said he worked with the Federal Trade Commission on proposed rule that would ban businesses from charging hidden or misleading fees. Technically, that's already illegal. Biden fails to mention that, but the FTC is helping him out by telling outlets like CNN this quote. Well, it's already illegal for companies to hide fees on the back end of sales. The administration stands prepared to bring enforcement action against companies charging excessive fees. They should act now to ensure they're in compliance. Ooh, so tough. You know, but if we're if 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 it's Biden's intention to start enforcing laws, why doesn't he start with the southern border? Why doesn't he start with uh with enforcing laws like uh hey, let's let's put away people that that carjack cars. Let's put away people that that break into stores. Let's uh let's let's put away people that are breaking laws that actually mean something to our daily lives, not just junk fees. The junk fees are as a blip on the screen. The price of gas is is pretty big. The uh you know the the fact that you can't go to the grocery store at night without carrying a gun. Uh you can't or you certainly can't send your wife to to uh, the grocery store at night uh, by herself anymore. Well, I can because we're up in Montana right now, but uh, we'll be back in California next week. So again, 
sorry, baby, you can't go to the can't go to the grocery store by yourself uh, at night. So, uh, and guess what? I bet you didn't know this. MAGA Republicans in Congress hate Americans so much that they actually want companies to impose junk fees. That's right. Republicans in Congress hate you so much that they want to undo all Biden's good work to protect your family's finances. Yeah, right. MAGA Republicans in Congress are pushing back on our efforts to end these junk fees. Fortunately, uh, we've been able to push back on Republican, MAGA Republicans so far, but they haven't given up. They haven't given up. They still want to undo this progress we're making. Yeah, right. Whatever. On Wednesday, uh, Biden spoke at an event in Pueblo, Colorado, with a, a big Bidenomic sign behind him. The event celebrated a new facility at CS Wind. wonder what CS stands for. Chicken something. Uh, the world's largest wind tower manufacturer. Company that claims they were able to expand uh, because of Biden's Inflation Reduction Act. From the Voice of America. President Joe Biden on Wednesday will tout his Bidenomics agenda, contrasting his economic vision with that of the so-called MAGA Republicans in remarks at CS Wind in Pueblo. CS Wind is expecting with a new $190 million facility that is directly that it directly attributes to the passage of last year's Inflation Reduction Act, Biden's signature climate and energy bill. The company said the expansion is set to be completed in 2028 and will create 850 jobs. Wait a minute. This thing is going to get built till 2028? I mean, we'll be re-electing uh, Biden's uh, successor by then, or Trump's successor by then, uh, and we're talking about, hey, he, he passed this thing a year or two ago, and we spent $190 million of our taxpayer money to give to this South Korean company, 98.5% of this is uh, is owned by the South Korean investors and uh, 1.5% is owned by the Vanguard group, which means those of you that own Vanguard uh, mutual funds, they own 1.5% of this, which means that that 1.5% of your uh, of your portfolio hopefully will get sold in the you know sooner than the next year when uh, CS Win files bankruptcy. Back to the article. Pueblo is a district represented by Republican Lauren Boebert, a supporter of Trump's agenda and a harsh critic of Biden's economic policies. Boebert voted against passing the Inflation Reduction Act, calling it dangerous for America. So, of course, Biden name-checked Boebert as his evil MAGA Republican of the week. When I took office, I vowed I'd be president for all Americans, whether you live in a blue state or a red state, whether you live in rural or urban areas. And we're, de we're delivering on that promise. But folks... We haven't gotten a whole lot of help from some members of Congress on the other side of the aisle in the United States Congress. The historic investments we're celebrating today is in Congressman Boebert's district. <laughs> She's one of the leaders of this extreme mega movement. She, along with every single Republican colleague, voted against the law that made these investments and jobs possible. And that's not hyperbole, that's a fact. And then she voted to repeal key parts of this law. And she called this law a massive failure. You all know you're part of a massive failure? <laughs> Tell that to the 850 Coloradans who get new jobs in Pueblo and see us win, thanks to this law. Yeah, we'll see if they're 850 Coloradans they get those jobs or if they bankrupt before they actually start 
or if uh, the Koreans bring in their own people to do it uh, because it's all them. Um, and of course, when you hear him go, uh, Congressman uh, Bobert, oh yeah, and then he pauses and he crosses himself, and, uh, and that's why everybody everybody laughs. It's a big funny haha. You know what? I probably you know if he was giving me a hundred ninety million dollars to uh, just uh, flush down my toilet into uh, into wherever uh, compartment I wanted to keep that hundred ninety million dollars into, I might laugh at his jokes too. But he's not giving me any money, and I'm not I'm not telling anything but the truth. So while Biden Biden is touring the the country to celebrate facilities that won't open for five years and bash Republican representatives in those communities, his surrogates and media allies are making the rounds on Sunday shows. One of those media allies that's making the rounds and telling that, telling what they think is going on, and it's not necessarily the same thing that Biden is saying, uh, that, that ally is Washington Post reporter Leanne Caldwell, who went on to meet the press to share what prominent Democrats are saying to her behind the scenes. In other words, behind Biden's back. Yeah, Bidenomics has really been kind of a negative, become a negative word, especially among Democrats, because it's not working. I was texting with some members of Democratic members of Congress last night. These members said that it is just not looking good mm. for President Biden politically out there. They have a lot of work to do to once again, like I said, try to get uh, get credit for the successes that he's had. And while and the White House surrogate who drew the short straw this week was senior economic advisor Jared Bernstein, the spinner in chief, who went on Fox News Sunday to say that 89 percent of Americans who remain concerned about inflation must be lying because, after all, they ordered Christmas gifts on Black Friday. Well, I want to try to paint a realistic picture that's nuancing. So we're just coming out of a Black Friday uh, that is already setting records for online buying between 10 and 16 billion uh, for uh, for Black Friday online. We are looking at consumer spending that's been driving this economy forward, posting growth rates that are you know north of five percent. Uh, we have an unemployment rate that's been below four percent for 21 months. Now, what that means in a period where inflation has come down by two thirds. It peaked at 9%. It's now 3.2. And wages have not kept up. So real wages have grown. Real wages, in other words, wages are beating prices now. So is disposable income, Starting by to, the way. But for most of that time, they have not. Correct. Uh, did he mean to agree with her on that? Hey, most of the, for most of this period, the wages have not kept up. He goes, correct. I think he just, uh, I think he just had a reflex there and didn't really mean to agree with her. The host Shannon Bream asked uh, Bernstein to react to a viral TikTok video where a middle-class mom who works as a registered nurse was weeping because of how, how badly her family is struggling in Biden's economy. His tone-deaf response was to repeat the same victory of the, the victory on prescription drugs for seniors nonsense that Biden's been talking about for two years, when the woman on the video and Americans like her are clearly not senior citizens. What do they think of the fact that we've capped insulin prices at $35 a month? What about giving Medicare the power to negotiate lower drug prices? What about tax incentives for manufacturing jobs? What about capping out-of-pocket prescription drug costs? All of those are in play. They are legislated, Shannon. They are in the field. And I don't think some of the folks that we're talking to here know enough about that. Those well, issues poll at 80 plus percent. And they, they affect very specific groups of people. And it is excellent news for those folks. Seniors? But exactly. Yeah, but so uh, what he doesn't tell you is that uh, 
for those people that that affects uh, that seniors on Medicare that uh, before they did anything that most of them were paying less than thirty five dollars a month for uh, their their insulin already, and some were paying less less than that, and uh, and and they didn't they didn't bring down the price of insulin. All they did was cap the copays on it. So if you're not on Medicare, it doesn't affect you. Let's close out with our own fact sheet on Bidenomics. Home sales fell to a 13-year low last month, says CNBC, and are on track to be the worst in 30 years, says CNN. You know, it's uh, people are afraid of the mortgage interest rates. They can't afford the payments. And a lot of the people that have these record high uh, equity in their properties don't want to sell those and and down downsize or upsize because they, they're afraid that, you know, hey, I've got a 2.75 mortgage, even though I want a different house. I'm going to be paying. Uh, I'm be paying the higher rates, and I'm not about that. Mortgage in- interest rates are at a 23 year high, according to ABC. Although they are starting to come down, and of course, credit card debt is at 1.08 trillion for the first time in history. And that statistic is from the Biden administration. And and I'll point out as I posted on Facebook, you know, a month ago we were at 1.08 trillion in credit card debt, and the retailers are predicting 900 billion dollars being spent for Christmas. 2024 is going to be a great year for bankruptcy attorneys. Hey, I'm out of time for this uh, half the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes, traffic, weather, sports, and commercials, and I'll be right back with lots more. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. I don't talk a lot about mortgages and finance and real estate on the radio, uh, but that's what I do the other days when I'm not on the radio. So if uh, if you're interested in getting some information about some financing and you want to talk to someone who thinks like you, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo and we'll do the cyber thing. So uh, we were talking about the amazing economic, uh, the amazing results of Bidenomics on America and how apparently the Biden administration thinks we're stupid if we don't actually notice it or uh, or if we don't feel that our lives are better, but they really are. And uh, I don't know. Uh, to me, it's not changing my life. But I can see when I when I I can see when I spend money on things, I go, how do people with normal incomes and and you know normal families growing up, they shop at the same places I shop? How do they actually make ends meet? How do they feed their family? It's uh, we're you know we're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. It's uh, we're in a whole different world. And how do we turn that back around? Get rid of Biden. Get rid of anything, anybody that has a D next to their name next year. And um, I had a, I had a, uh, I had a conversation with a veteran who came into has a window cleaning business up here in Montana, and uh, we, and he came in. He goes, I'm not a Republican. He goes, I'm a conservative. He goes, because uh, I, I just don't really think the Republicans have it together either. And I would agree. I said the only problem is that the libertarians don't have enough power behind them to make anything happen. But, but yeah, I think, uh, I think probably every single person in government 
Um, almost every single person uh, is doing stuff that we wouldn't be approving of if we knew. And uh, the only ones we can stand behind are, are really the ones that stick their stick their head up head above the crowd and and call out call out what's wrong. And I think about I think about you know and and I wouldn't want to vote out Ken Calvert as Republican because he votes he votes the way we want him to vote. But I have asked him face to face, why aren't you making more noise? The Democrat it doesn't matter what the Republicans say. Doesn't matter what the Republicans do because the Democrats are making all the noise. They're sucking all the energy out of the room, so they're the only ones uh, people are seeing on uh, social media or on the on the mainstream media. And uh, Dem- the Republicans just want to stay, uh, you know, businesslike and professional. And they need to get out out there. That's one of the reasons that I like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And uh, we'll see what happens with Matt Gates and uh, what his uh, standing, you know, sticking his head up and. Um, Taking some major shots to get to get rid of McCarthy. We'll see how the, how history treats that. But uh, you know, if you're if if you're saying the things that we think and think about uh thinks about uh the movie Jerry Maguire, the things we think but do not say. Trump got elected because he said the things that we think, but nobody else says, and we saw the result of that. So uh, let's talk about uh, uh, impeaching Mayorkas. Now that the migrant crisis is hitting big cities like New York and Chicago, the media is starting to report more honestly on the reality of what's happening and maybe finally starting to hold Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas accountable. You won't see it everywhere, but you'll see it in pockets of the media. For example, papers like the Daily Mail and The Guardian, both British, are reporting that doctors without borders, pay attention to this, the Daily Mail and The Guardian are reporting that Doctors Without Borders, that's these, uh, these doctors that go into far reaches of the world to treat people that, aren't, that don't live close to hospitals, has treated more than 400 migrant women and children in the, da- in, the, in the dangerous Darien Gap of Panama for sexual assault in what they're calling rape tents. So the Darien Gap is, uh, I believe it's north of the Panama Canal, but it's kind of a jungle region. If you Google it, you'll see they're they're going they're going through streams and jungles and little trails, and uh, and it's dangerous. And there's there's guys that are setting up rape tents there, and they grab the women and the children, and they do they do what they want to these kids, and it's disgusting. Here's Congressman Ronnie Jackson of Texas, formerly the uh, White House doctor, explaining what that he first learned of the rape tents when he visited the border. And the numbers are actually much higher than this. This is underreported. I mean, there are tons of them that, are, that are, this is happening to that this they're not reporting this because they don't want to slow down their journey. They're, they're being told that this is the price they have to pay for passage. And once that's over, they're hoping that they can continue on and make it to the U.S. border. It's unbelievable that, a, that the Biden administration would allow this to happen. He could stop this. He could stop this overnight if he wanted to. He could get tough with the Mexican president and with the Mexican government. He could put those uh, uh, by, uh, those Trump uh, policies back in place that would stop these people from making this dangerous journey, but he refuses to do it. He absolutely refuses to do anything. He's just like, the, just like Mayorkas. He is absolutely ignoring the southern border and acting like it doesn't exist. So this is a horrible situation that I'm afraid will not be rectified until we get Donald Trump back as our president. 
I would agree with that 100%. You know, uh, Biden administration doesn't give a crap about this. And, and, you know, and I don't know why. You know, if you listen to uh, Democrats and you li- every time they start touting what they've done, it's all about how much money they've allocated to stuff. It has nothing to do with results. Hey, well, we allocated $190 million to, uh, to this, wind, this wind company. You know, did it, is it saving? Is it producing energy? Is it doing anything? No, but we, we allocated $190 million to it. And how are we going to fix, how are we going to fix the border? Well, you know, we're waiting for the, the Republicans to uh, allocate this much money. Why do we need that much money? They, they were, we had the border under control three years ago. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's uh, we need to put this money towards all this stuff. <clears throat> it's ugly. It's ugly out there, folks. And, and you need to, you need to point this out when you're at Christmas dinner because Thanksgiving's already over. But when you're meeting with your family and your and your friends and your kids, don't be afraid to open up your mouth because, uh, you know, the only thing for only only thing that needs to be uh, uh, allowed to for evil to take over is for good men to do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. So open your mouth. I can't do it all myself. I'll open my mouth and point things out to you, and you guys got to spread the news. This week, Mayorkas appeared on the Bloomberg News uh, to talk about how important it is for Congress to pass a bill for the border. You know, one that's also for Israel, but really mostly for Ukraine. Uh, And he showed his hand when they asked him what he plans to do with the migrants who are already here. I'm actually confident that um, Congress is going to provide us with the funding that we need. This is about uh, the security of the border, giving us the personnel, the facilities, uh, the really the resources, the technology that we need to best protect uh, our borders, to secure the border uh, most effectively, and not only to secure the border, but also to advance our fight against fentanyl. Is there a plan in place, though, if that funding doesn't doesn't come through? We have a model in place uh, that we are continuing to advance, and that is the model of building and promoting lawful pathways, giving people a safe, orderly, and lawful means of accessing humanitarian relief in the United States, and to deliver consequences for those people who do not take advantage of those lawful pathways, but instead arrive irregularly at our southern border. It also doesn't address the other sort of uh, elephant in the room, which is dealing with the undocumented uh, immigrants who are already here in the nation. And I know it's been a political football as to trying to figure out the best way to address that. But I'm going to ask you, what is the best way to address that from your perspective? The answer is quite clear and quite straightforward, and we've been waiting for it for about 30 years. And that is to fix a system that everyone agrees is fundamentally broken, and we need congressional action. Oh, yeah. That means blame it on the Republicans. Hey, the answer is quite clear. What they need is for the Congress to pass comprehensive immigration reform. And that's pretty clear. Yeah, not. I don't think so. What's comprehensive immigration reform? Does that mean amnesty? Uh, or does that mean, uh, or does that mean, hey, um, we're going to have rules and we're going to enforce something at the border for people coming in? I'm not really sure what it is, but it's the answer is quite clear. For the second time this month, Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, my favorite member of Congress, or certainly the top three, introduced an impeachment resolution for Mayorkas. And this time she's attempting to force a vote to the floor. 
That's because when she introduced her resolution three weeks ago on November 9th, the House, the House voted to refer it to the Homeland Security Committee, which stopped it from hitting the floor for a direct vote. Uh, and, and by the way, eight Republicans voted with the Democrats on that. What the hell? You can see this guy's opening up our, our border to thousands and thousands of people we don't want here. Millions and millions of people who aren't paying taxes and are just a drain on our on our uh, economy. I talked about the based on what uh, Eric Adams said in New York last week. You know, it's it cost him twelve twelve billion dollars over uh, over the last fifteen months. Which even if that was ten times too high, is another is another like forty three billion forty three trillion dollars uh, per year for the whole country. We can't afford that. But nobody's talking about that stuff. It's not important. So here's MTG on uh, Wednesday reintroducing the resolution and reminding her fellow members of Congress why this is necessary. This is about three minutes long. It was originally about nine minutes long. Here's about three minutes of it. But this is important, so pay attention. Resolution impeaching Alejandro Nicholas Mayorkas, Secretary of Homeland Security for high crimes and misdemeanors. As Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas has violated his oath to uphold this constitutional duty by allowing the invasion of approximately 10 million illegals across our borders. The ongoing invasion at our southern border is a direct national security threat against the states and against the citizens therein. This is broken down between 8 million encounters and approximately 1,800,000 known gotaways who have evaded United States authorities and are roaming the interior of the United States. At least 280 people on terrorist watch list caught while attempting to cross the border between ports of entry. Approximately 400,000 unaccompanied illegal alien children encountered at the southern border, with at least 85,000 of these children having gone missing. At least 1,424 deaths of illegals at the southern border. Approximately 73,000 special interest aliens arrested at our border, which are aliens from a nation that promotes terrorist activity, harbors terrorists, or poses a t security threat to the United States. Approximately 659 special interest aliens from Iran. Approximately 6,386 special interest aliens from Afghanistan. Approximately 538 special interest aliens from Syria. Approximately 3,153 special interest aliens from Egypt. Approximately 12,624 special interest aliens from Uzbekistan. Approximately 30,830 special interest aliens from Turkey. Approximately 1,613 special interest aliens from Pakistan. Approximately 164 special interest aliens from Lebanon. Approximately 185 special interest aliens from Jordan. Approximately 123 special interest aliens from Iraq and approximately 15,594 special interest aliens from Mauritania. 
In fiscal year 2021, Custom and Border Patrol seized approximately 11,200 pounds of fentanyl. In fiscal year 2022, CBP seized approximately 14,700 pounds of fentanyl. In fiscal year 2023, CBP has seized a record of approximately 27,000 pounds of fentanyl. Over 70,000 Americans died from fentanyl in fiscal year 2022. Fentanyl kills approximately 300 Americans a day. Wherefore, Alejandro Nicholas Mayorkas thus warrants impeachment and trial, removal from office, and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States. Does that, does that amaze you? 85,000 children missing? Wait, where's all the Democrats when they were complaining about separating families from their kids? Wait, 85,000 kids are missing. That's a lot of families. But they're not saying anything about it because they don't give a crap because they've got the, the White House. They don't care. They don't care what's going on. And, uh, you know, this, this is 8 million encounters, 1.8 million known gotaways. So we didn't even know who those people are. We knew that 1.8 million people got away, but we don't know who they are. And if you look at the cameras like I do, um, I don't see a lot of families coming over. I don't see a lot of women coming over. Most, most, uh, most of it now is, is uh, war age, war age males, you know, between, uh, say, 18 and 40. And they're coming from all over the place. You know, if you hear about all those all those countries in the Middle East, so are people from Iraq and Syria and Pakistan? Oh, we're refugees. We're coming over because uh, there's a we're looking for political asylum in in the United States. Well, why don't you just jump over the border to Egypt, or why don't you go into Poland, or why don't you go into wherever? How about the Chinese people? Twenty six thousand Chinese people have have come across the border. What's the deal with that? And we don't even know who these people are. Bloomberg News asked Secretary, the Secretary Mayorkas to react to the impeachment attempt. And he said, The Republicans also have their own proposal. The Republicans have also tried to remove you from office. Has that shifted at all your strategy, given what they themselves, the Republican Party, has put out there? I am busy at work and incredibly proud to support and work alongside the 260,000 people of the Department of Homeland Security. All right, Mr. Secretary, you're going to have to leave it there. Yeah, he's got a little note, note card in his pocket, and it says, if they ask you a question that you don't have an answer to or you don't want to answer, just read this card, because it had nothing to do with what he asked. I'm proud to work with the people in the Homeland Security Department, and blah, 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 blah. Didn't mean anything. This, is, this wouldn't be accepted if, it was, if, if Republicans answered this way. So let's talk about what, uh, what happened Thursday night. Uh, California Governor Gavin Gruesome Newsom and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis finally participated in a debate organized and moderated by Sean Hannity, which showed that he wasn't any he, he wasn't any better at keeping control than anybody else has been. Uh, but he's been teasing us about this for roughly six months. The great red state blue state debate took place on neutral ground in Alpharetta, Georgia, and went over the allotted 90 minutes. And of course, we only have time for a couple of moments. 
Here's Gavin Newsom trying to spin the fact that our state has 6% income tax on middle-class people, you know, people that have uh, two parents that are earning minimum wage, and that's about $84,000 a year, and uh, compared to, uh, and 13% on income tax for the wealthy people, while well, Florida has none, period. Obviously, you support a different philosophy, which Absolutely. is higher taxes. Yes. Uh, no, well, not, not, no, hold on. No, we, this we is have a tax a, question, Governor. This is, this is a very different, uh, a different approach, and I agree with you completely. Uh, he has one of the most regressive tax rates in the United States of America. He's the number three most regressive state in America. And what that means is simply this. Who does he tax? He taxes low-income workers more than we tax millionaires and billionaires in the state of California. The question is a simple one. Who, Ron, are you for? It's a factual lie that the state of California is high tax, has the highest tax rate, but for whom? And it's a foundational and fundamental difference. You look at states like Texas, overwhelming majority of Texans pay more taxes than the state of California. So again, it's who you're for. And I think those values matter. And I appreciate you bringing up the issue of taxes. So uh, let's see, they've got the most regressive tax plan in the country and their tax plan is zero. Their property taxes in, in Florida are a little bit higher than, than uh, California. You know, there's probably 1.5 to 1.75 versus California for most of the most of California is in the 1.15 to 1.25 range, but that's a that's a quarter to a half a percent difference on on a home per on a, your property versus gas tax, which is about two bucks higher, versus uh, income tax, which if you're two people make a minimum wage, you're paying six percent versus zero uh, on all your income versus. Uh, uh, all the other all the other taxes uh, uh, Hannity showed the sales tax difference. Uh, California is higher than than Florida, and as was consistent throughout this debate, um, Hannity would put up put up statistics from third from third party neutral people, and then uh, Newsom would say, "Hold on, I'll answer the question, but hold on, I got to get this out first. And this is important. And just went on with his own own statistics that he pulled out of out of the air and then he goes oh as we just established this is what's going on we didn't establish it you just said it wasn't true but it did as for DeSantis, he did a great job of calling out newsom for making california the number one number one in the nation for homelessness california's adopting leftist policies gavin newsom was uh, governor or uh, mayor of san francisco yeah. he put out a 10-year plan like 20 years ago he was going to end homelessness then a few years later he had another plan and now he says he's going to do and it's only gotten worse in the last 10 years in california the homeless has gone up 45 percent it's gone down in florida 45 percent but it's caused a huge problem with quality of life in in california the people that flee always bring up this they've really empowered lawlessness and drug use and you know Gavin Newsom at one point tried to say that California was the freedom state. I just kind of laugh like you're locking people down. You're doing all this. Uh, but then I thought about it. You know, California does have freedoms uh, that some people don't, uh, that other states don't. You have the freedom to defecate in public in California. You have the freedom to pitch a tent on Sunset Boulevard. You have the freedom to create a homeless encampment under a freeway and even light it on fire. You have the, the freedom to uh, have an open air drug market and use drugs. You have a freedom, if you're an illegal alien, to get all these taxpayer benefits. So, so those are freedoms. They're not the freedoms our founding fathers envisioned, but they have contributed to the destruction of the quality of life in California. And the results speak for themselves. 
He forgot to mention the freedom to go into a Home Depot or any kind of store and steal up to $950 and not have to uh, be arrested for it. And of course, uh, for that matter, you can go into any of those places and steal as much as you want and no one will chase you. Um, you know, there was a there was a uh, a point where they talked about the crime and I've said people aren't leaving California for the taxes and they're not leaving it because of uh uh even so so much the just about anything. The reason that they're leaving is the crime is off the hook and it makes people uncomfortable to stay here. Uh but the taxes are a little piece of that as well. Handy uh Handy showed some crime statistics. They started talking about crime. Handy showed some crime statistics of Florida versus California. And Newsom just did the same thing. He came up with his own little own little uh statistics from from out of his butt uh that that didn't coincide with anything that that Hannity showed to pretend he cares about crime in California. Well, you know, a good friend of mine, Chad, Chad uh, Bianco, our sheriff of Riverside County, has some special insights about uh on this about Newsom and that Californians might find interesting. And if and if Newsom does run for president, even if it's not for four more years, the entire country might find this interesting. So the sheriffs, there's only 58 of us in the state and we come together for meetings every three months. The current governor, we're talking five years now, he's never met with us once. Every governor before him met with us every two months. This governor refuses. He has never met with us ever. He has no desire to. They're making all of these public safety laws and changing laws that are on the books that concern public safety, closing down prisons, letting people out early. He has never consulted with the public safety experts, the ones that deal with it every single day. Never. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense. You've tried to reach out to him. Absolutely. There's no clear reason why he doesn't. He's busy. That's the answer. Every governor in in our history hasn't been that busy. He's busy going over to China and playing basketball, and he's busy going over to wherever he goes. He's busy busy having uh, having dinner at the French Laundry and and drinking a thousand dollar bottles of wine when uh, without a mask on while he tells everybody else in his state that they have to, that they that they can't go out and they can't take their masks off and uh you know what it's pretty important you know if i was governor of the california i'd say well what are the problems that we have here number one we don't have enough water in the central valley let's start desalination plants number two we have high crime let's bring in tons and tons of more more uh, law enforcement people and let's start enforcing laws and you know where where do we start with that meet with the sheriffs of all the counties and they can meet with their people and uh let's let's come up with a plan to make this place uh, safe to live in um just like tr- what Trump would do if he if he's the president and we saw that but Newsom doesn't care about that all he wants to do is just look cool put his moose in his hair and uh and just smile at the camera and everybody all the girls go ooh he's so good looking and uh we'll vote for him cuz he's good looking and he's tall and uh but he doesn't care he just wants to be president he wants to be another biden famous for something for being president doesn't matter if it's famous for being the end of the american empire hey anyway i'm all out of time for this episode of the main event so uh my name's ed hoffman thanks for listening and i'll be back again with you next week